And uh, so tonight, Emily Janowick, Emily, come on up. Uh, I've asked Emily as she's been going through the membership process to to share with us here um, a, a bit of that, how God has worked in her life. And uh, Emily, I'll hand this to you there, okay? And um, here's what you've prepared there. I'm just going to kind of ask Emily some questions and she'll respond. And uh, there might be a couple other questions that we'll uh, kind of think through together here. But Emily, how are you? I'm good. Praise the Lord. Hi, Emily. It's good to see you. Um, Maybe first, Emily, uh, you didn't write any of this down, but how long have you been at our church here, roughly? I have been attending Gold Country Baptist Church for about, since September of 2010, so roughly coming up on 12 years. 12 years, great. Well, yeah, you all know some of the Janowicks. There's Katie here and her mom and James in the back there, and um, Emily, thanks for sharing tonight. The first question that I asked uh, Emily to to respond to was, Emily, if you could give a brief description of the events that led to your conversion, including the factors that God used to draw you to salvation, and uh, you've written some things there, so go ahead and why don't you share with us what what you wrote. Well, on a rainy day in October, no, just kidding, not going to go back that far. (laughs) I grew up a severely misbehaved child. I, well, Severely, as in most kids could sit still and listen and behave in public settings, and I could not. (laughs) So, and then we had the contrast of that. It's like, I I was the kid that from infancy, I didn't do anything textbook. It was not like that. Well, my sister did everything textbook, and now it's switched back, uh, now it's switched, and she doesn't do anything textbook anymore. But (laughs) So, I, I grew up with that, and... I felt like I couldn't ever measure up, not to uh, the standards that my parents had for me, not to the standards that sometimes my sister had for me when she's like, why can't this kid behave? Why does she keep climbing on me? Let let go. Uh, nor could I measure up to the standards of even the other kids around me. I have very sad memories of some kids just being very, not, not, not too pleasant, uh, but... I felt like there was something wrong with me. Why can't I measure up? And then I I grew up realizing that, okay, yeah, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I grew up hearing that in Sunday school every Sunday. Oh, what's the point? But then as I began to see my sinfulness and my, uh, I need a Savior, and I needed Christ, and Uh, I remember a particular moment sometime in my early childhood where I just sat there and I kind of thought, okay, yeah, Christ died for my sins, but do I really need that? Of course I did. And then I came to a slow realization sometime in my early childhood years that I did very much need Christ. That's good. Thank you, Emily. Uh, And one of the things that I remember reading that you wrote here, not only, you know, people's standards or standards that you made for yourself, but you had written that most important, you couldn't live up to God's standards, right? Which is, you know, you talked about your recognizing your sinfulness there. Um, So as, as you saw your need for your, for, for a savior, you were recognizing your sin. uh, Maybe just fill that in a little bit more. Kind of this third question, how did you become aware of your need for salvation? Well, I fell short of all the standards, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't 
do what was necessary for me to be righteous, for me to be a good person, to me to, for me to not just be a good person, but to be a perfect person. I couldn't live up to that, nor could anyone. Yeah, that's right. And and you mentioned kind of in your early childhood, you guys were a, a part of, you you grew up in the church, that's right? Yep. Yes. Not just here, but, yes. but other churches as well. Yes, that I, we attended another church in Placerville great. until I was almost 10. Okay, okay, great. And as you've seen the Lord kind of expose you to your sin over, as, a, as a young child and growing up um, and showing you your need for salvation, as the Lord has changed your life, whether, you know, back then or even now, you were sharing with me earlier how some ways that God has been working in your life lately. How have you, how have you seen the Lord change your life since he saved you? And, um, yeah, share a little bit about that. How have you seen the Lord change your life since, since he saved you? Well, I remember being changed and being saved and like, I know I'm saved. Now what? (laughs) Uh, it's like, I need to live for Christ, but what does that look like? And it, for me, at the time, it looked like behaving myself and being more of a docile child, I suppose you could say. More of a, I don't know, just be- better behaved and obeying my parents and doing these basic things that you read in Scripture that a kid is supposed to do. I remember growing up doing that, but then I remember it became much deeper When we started coming here, I remember learning about the doctrines of grace, and I understood salvation a lot better than I had before, that I am a completely depraved person, and maybe maybe I am apparently not as bad as some people. You could say it's like, well, I'm compared to all these people, like Hitler and uh, the the drug dealers. I'm a saint. Uh, No, (laughs) I'm still no saint without Christ, but... I needed to, I I understood better the doctrine of total depravity, of unconditional atonement, or it was unconditional something. I think it's limited atonement and unconditional something else, but you get the idea. Uh, I, I understood Christ better, and Christ was showing me just a little bit more of himself. And I grew up learning more of that, and then... I began uh, attending young adult group and some other things, and I was being greatly encouraged by many of the people around me. And as I was beginning to see less of myself and more of Christ and more of being a blessing to other people, not just waiting for people to be a blessing to me, because Jesus didn't just show up and wait for people to be a blessing to him because, well, they, they weren't going to. So he went and he actively went to do his Father's will, and that is what... God's will is for me is to reflect him in that. And then I was just telling Pastor Corey about this a little bit ago. I didn't include this in my notes originally. Um, Then there was a specific date that I do remember. If there is a specific date in this story that I do remember, it is August 20th, 2021. Now, before that, I had... um, a brother had reached out, a brother online had reached out, and yes, he was legit. <laughs> um, he had reached out, and he had shown interest in me as a friend. I took that the complete wrong way, but it ended in me being more curious about um, more curious about specific doctrines and not just 
the doctrine of salvation as a whole, but in more specific practical doctrines. And so I was reaching more into some Reformed theology kind of stuff. And then, August 20th, 2021, uh, we were actually at a young adult group event, and a different brother reached out to me uh, because I had noted uh, on the page that we were both on that I had been diagnosed with high-functioning autism. I don't know how many have uh, I've mentioned that to, but I have been diagnosed with high-functioning autism, and it affects a few things that I do. But uh, So he mentioned it and said, hey, I have the same thing. We should talk about it sometime. And we talked about it, and we really hit it off. And we became really good friends and were so very encouraged by a lot of the things that we saw in each other and our very similar passions for the Lord and for things like music. And we almost made things a little more serious, but then it didn't happen. And that was where I felt like, wait, now what? What? Why, Lord, why did you just put this in my lab and then take it away just as quickly? What, why? What, what was all that for? Why couldn't we have just skipped that whole part <laughs> But I had to learn that it was because he needed to show me more of my need for him. That the the caring of no human being can have even come close to the way he loves and cares for me. And what he has done for me in the story of salvation and that he gave himself for me when I was totally depraved and did not deserve it, I would have spat on him till the end. But he saved me, and he changes my desires. And he has, since then, changed my desires to reflect... Desires are a good thing. They are, because Christ had desires. He he came to his Father with desires such as, Lord, if this be possible, you can do anything. If you can take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. He had desires, but he gave them to his Father because his ultimate desire was to do his Father's will. And that's what his Father's will was, was for him to save us. And so, desires are good, and they reflect our being made in the image of God, and they reflect Christ but only when they're the right desires. So that is where I had to learn to give up my desires to God. And, Lord, here are my desires. Make them come to pass or change them. And he has been slowly changing my desires to reflect his will, and I pray that he does so more. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Emily. There's some ways that you had shared with me earlier, just some practical ways that you've found yourself joyful and serving and you know some things that maybe you've you'd never done before i mean you mentioned just some things that you're doing to encourage your prayer life and and uh, maybe some kind of behind the scenes things of service you want to just could you just share briefly what what are some ways that god's been helping you find to serve lately well he's been opening up to me more opportunities with people that i have known for a long time but didn't know that they were so much like me in so many ways Uh, There is uh, one sister, uh, she goes to our young adult group, and she went away to college, and she just recently came back, but she had been around for my, uh, about the entire time I was in Awana, 
in my Awana years, which were like four. Um, I saw her around, and I always saw her around. She was here with the high school program when I would come to evening service a lot, and I just never talked to her. But then this last winter, I talked to her, and we got together, and it turns out we have a ton of things in common, and we're actually able to encourage each other quite a lot in some mutual struggles we have. So there is that, and also I'm learning... Just in the last couple of weeks, the Lord has been giving me a greater desire to pray, to not just pray for myself, but to pray for others. And um, Diane Heller, uh, she gave me an encouragement last, th- uh, last Friday at Young Adult Group that uh, what she does sometimes is she prays through the alphabet. And I did that this afternoon. It took me about an hour. Um, but I prayed for, it's like, okay, A, who can I think of that starts with the name A, uh, Anna over there or yeah. So, um, and then you just pray through a whole list of people and it can be different every time. And you pray for people that you don't normally pray for. And it makes you think more and just focus on the Lord more than just, okay, half hour a day. Okay. I'm done. What, what I want to do is I want to spend quality time with the Lord so that it affects the rest of the day. It is not a separate part of the day. It is a part of the day where I spend time with the Lord and it affects everything else I do. And it affects my attitude throughout the rest of the day. That's really encouraging. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's a great, that's a great uh, encouragement for all of us. If you're looking for ways to serve and, and, and minister to others that, uh, kind of the foundation of that is praying for other believers, right? Praying for them. It's kind of the hidden ministry of the church, uh, the unseen ministry, right? But it's what we can all do and and must do. And the Lord loves to answer prayers like that. Well, Emily, thanks. Thanks for sharing. I know there's some other things maybe you wrote here, but specifically how you would explain. Uh, Actually, if you wouldn't mind just kind of even reading that part, I just thought it was so encouraging. How would you explain to someone how they can be saved? The way I shortly described it, Um, because I didn't have a ton of places to write. Uh, I said, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, the Lord of all, the Lord of your life, to who you owe and surrender all, to whom you give up all your cherished sins and repent of them, to whom you surrender your will, submitting to him who demands your soul, your life, your all, then you will be saved. Amen. Well, it's encouraging to hear, Emily, how, how the Lord has done that in you. And, uh, um, is there any way, just want maybe one way that we can be praying for you in these days and, and then we'll pray and thankful for what God's doing in your life. But how can we pray? That I would be patient hmm. because I don't know what is going to happen and none of us yeah. do. Yeah. But sometimes that is something we want. It's like, I want to know what's going to happen so I can prepare for it. Yeah. You prepare for it by praying and trusting God. That's hmm. the best way you can prepare for anything. Yeah. So I think of... I tend to do this a lot, but I come up with like a lyric of a song that expresses how I feel. And a lot of times they tend to be songs by Stephen Curtis Chapman. I don't know Classic. why. <laughs> yes. So let the road ahead become unclear for I am yours. So what have I to fear? My soul is resting on your higher ways. Hmm. That's really good. Thanks, Emily. Appreciate you sharing those things. And is that encouraging church? Yeah. To hear what God's done in, in her life. Let's yeah. Praise God. Let's pray and uh, thank the Lord for uh, his work in Emily's life, and then we'll we'll continue our time of prayer.